0: Plus. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock original Bel-Air. Plus, the new movie, Marry Me, in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror mine,
1: mirror mine. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Today, I am joined by Ash. Hello, mate. And I'm joined by Matt. How you doing, Matt? Very good, Pete. Very good. Great to have you uh, both on the show. I feel like we've had a lot of positive things to talk about uh, over the last few months. We had, uh, up until the weekend, it was our best start in seven years. Nine points from 12, our best start in seven seasons. Um, quite incredible. Uh, but the performances haven't been incredible. It's kind of been a bit, a bit grim, a bit turgid. Uh, but this weekend, uh, we had a... A, a loss against Manchester City, and uh, immediately everyone is uh, is questioning whether the future is bright with Arteta, uh, questioning whether Thomas Partey was the right signing this summer, uh, and, and questioning whether the style of football is what they want to see. So I think uh, I think that we should get a quick hot take, uh, Ash. Manchester City. What were what were, your, what were your top line thoughts before we go deep?
2: It wasn't the world's best game, was it? I mean, uh, it is what it is. i I'm quite pragmatic about this. I don't think the world is going to end. I don't think Arteta's terrible. I just think it's going to take us a bit of time to get into this. We lost one nil. We could have, I mean, if that was two seasons ago, four seasons ago, we'd have probably lost that 4 or 5 nil for no reason. Um And the other thing is, I think relative to some other results that we've been seeing this season, it seems fairly tame. I'd rather be in that than a 7-2, a 3-3, a 5-2, a 4-3. I mean, there's a lot of that going on, isn't
1: there? Yeah, Matt, what's, um, what's your take on it? The hottest, yeah. please.
3: No, I agree with Ash. I think um, you've got to look at look at everything in the context of what's happening this season. And it's been the most unpredictable of starts. I mean, um, the only two teams who are looking uh, red hot and are sort of Everton and uh, Villa. <laughs> and who would have predicted Aston Villa would um, would have a 100% record at this, at this stage of the season? So if anything, we have been horribly predictable. Uh, We've been been exactly as expected, which is we've beaten the teams you'd expect us to beat. We've lost to the teams you'd expect us to lose. And in a season of unpredictability, maybe being the predictable team will um, get us in the top four. So, um, you know, not a lot's changed for me.
1: Yeah, my my hot take is uh, that when you play... the two best teams in the country and you get beaten by the two best teams in the country away from home and you're competitive and on another day the result could have gone a different way. Like I kind of feel like that is a a progress for Arsenal. I mean, I think when we played um, Manchester City in the Premier League last time I know we had a red card but I think they had like 21 shots against us. Like this time it was kind of fairly even, um, you know... Um, and arguably well, we had we had some excellent chances you know I mean
2: not half chances we had some really good chances
1: yeah Bakayo Saka it just didn't happen um, yeah it didn't happen to us but I and I, I think the um, the reaction the you know Leeds got a point from Manchester City you know it, it feels like such a weird thread to be like another team did well you know Villa beat Liverpool <laughs> by seven goals Um I, I think that we are progressing, uh, but I do, you know, I, I do understand the view that we, you know, we can't keep on celebrating getting close to these top teams away from home. Like we want to, you know, we want to get some points on the board. But I thought a solid defensive performance. Um, you know, we went there like button up take the one or two chances that we'll get in a, in, in a game like that against a team like that. And, you know, we didn't take our chances, just to, it, pretty much the same as it was against Liverpool, really. You don't take your chances, you're not going to win those games. So um, progress, but still a little bit miserable.
3: Yeah, these yeah.
2: guys got to learn a bit, right? They've got to not learn how to play, but they've got to learn how to get into that woo, sort of groove and and get those results away from home. I think we've done it at home which I think is fair. We've ground out one or two there. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not disheartened at all, you know? I think yeah. a shame we didn't play Liverpool this weekend coming when they've had half their team taken out by everyone, uh, but shit happens.
3: Yeah, I think um, what we did in Arteta's first six months is we managed to get some good wins against uh, top opposition, and that's filled us with hope. Um, we still have this horrible statistic around our neck, which is we haven't beaten a top six team away from home since twenty fifteen. <laughs> and the sooner we can get that uh, millstone from around our neck and get a win against the top six team away from home, hopefully in the next <laughs> three games, um, I think that will that would be really huge for us because we don't want that that sort of um that 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 statistic carrying on and Arteta has been very good at disrupting those but we don't want to be sat here in 6 months time saying we still haven't beaten a top team away from home because it will become an issue again so that's the that's the, yeah. that's the one thing i'd say
1: and I, and i think the 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 truth of uh, of our season is losing against city and liverpool away from home is kind of fine but you 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 really are expecting us to come back strong, like I, like we've got to get a result against Leicester, and I think we've got to get a result against United. And if you win those two you're not, games, you're in good the, shape, right? I think the real test for us is that United game at Old Trafford at the end of the month.
2: Um, I mean they they put in a good. I mean, but it's Newcastle, right? I mean, um, they're not in a in a great place. They they. Oh, quite it was just one of those horrible days where you don't know where to look when they're being absolutely whipped by spurs but um that's a side i think that's in peril they panic bought a load of young players as well i think i don't think they're going to integrate those players in very well so i think we we've got a real chance up at united and i think you know leicester at home i think will be an interesting result they don't seem to be traveling very well do they leicester
1: no and i um, they had a, a pretty decent starting 11 in the league cup and i thought that we comfortably beat them there i watched the aston villa game and uh they're a, they're a really fun side i think they they're going to be this season's sheffield united but Watching much more fun. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, they're a lot. are a lot more fun. I mean, like Ross Barkley was brilliant. I thought Jack Grealish looked great. They've got so many fast, powerful players that can run with the ball. You, got, oh, I wish we had some of that front line, right? I, um, I
2: just think um that they've bought really well in two or three key positions that they needed. And The Ross Barkley thing, people think he's terrible and fools. I don't think he's necessarily a world beater, but I think he's you yeah. know. It's a good team. As you both know, I've got some very good mates who are Villa fans. That last 20, they could have won it before the last minute. I thought they were, they were really piling on the pressure.
3: The one thing I think yeah, we, should, so... we should probably start thinking about our season, and we don't hear the term very often anymore for some reason, but I think we've got uh, a few six-pointers, and those six-pointers are basically our games against Chelsea, Spurs, United and Leicester. And how we fare, and whoever comes up top in those in those sort of six-pointer games is going to get fourth, I believe, because I think that those are the people we're competing with, and roughly in all the other games we're probably going to end up relatively the same. Um, so those games are going to be really, really important. And you know we haven't been the best in the, in those games in previous years, so um, I think those are really going to define our season. And if we can. Can can get a few there, then uh, you know we'll be all right.
2: Can I turn the question? Yeah, on I, head I head agree. For and Pete, I was wondering if I could ask you a no, question. <laughs> yeah, uh, turn the tables on you a little bit. <laughs> Would you, uh, looking at the table as it stands, and given where we are, um, I know we haven't scored as many as we may like. But we've only conceded. We've got the we've second best, second second best defensive record. Oh, I'll take that in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know who's got the best <laughs> defensive record? Aston Villa. I mean, Martinez <laughs> conceded two goals. Uh, yeah, you know, like here's the thing, right? If you know, a lot of people um, uh, are attacking me because I, you know. I went after Unai Emery because of the style of football that he played. But the problem with Unai Emery wasn't so much the style. It was that he set out to fix the defense and he didn't fix the defense. And if you're not going to fix the defense, then you have to make us um, cohesive and exciting in attack. And he didn't do that either. So you got right smack bang in the middle of nothing. So you were bad at defending. There was nothing going forward. And... Arteta came out and he said you know he wants to build the side from the back he wants to create a defensive structure and build from there and he's done it and you know what uh, being a def- a defensive team that looks to nick a goal isn't always pretty but i think we've uh, I-, I think in the, the over the the you know since Arteta took over i think we've had the most goals that have come from past sequences larger than 20 um, i think we've played patches of really exciting football but I, you know and like you two were definitely about the George Graham era, right? I think there's something quite exciting about having a manager that is really focused on on defense. Like it's 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 interesting to watch a team that is passionate about the clean sheet.
3: Well, I think there's one other statistic that I thought was really really interesting, which was I think 20 of uh, it 20 of his uh, Arteta's games have been against Liverpool or. Certainly against <laughs> that makes so, it probably makes but, sense. I haven't heard it, but that just yeah, it made me chuckle. But 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 we have played a huge number of games against Liverpool City, yeah, City.
1: you know, so, so. and Chelsea uh, as well. Yeah, because yeah. we had them, didn't we? Had them in the cup. Yeah, or oh, we she obviously had them in the, them in the, the cup. Yeah. yeah,
3: Chelsea as well, United. Like so, you know, the fact that he's done as well as he has done without playing too many lower teams I think is interesting and does skew our perception of the type of football that we've been playing because against those teams we've been more defensive Um and I think once we're out of this run of games I think it ends when, after we've played United maybe we've got then we've got a bit of a break no. until we play Spurs well, we've got we've we're, got Villa yeah. I Villa, Villa, Villa and, and after
2: United, which we probably didn't think was a game right
3: so yeah no it's true it's true Um, but you know it'll be interesting to see whether we can uh, as Jansen would say take the handbrake off and uh, (laughs) give it a good go
1: so guys if uh, like and this this is the big question isn't it it's like um the the job that Arteta's got to do this season I think we know that we're going to get points against the top six sides this season that's something that we've not really been able to achieve um over the last number of years I think the the Leicester game is definitely game on for us I think that we're going to challenge Everton I think we're going to be great against United the question from the start of the season was if you don't sign a um a creative player do you have the ability to open up the small teams that play a deep block? Um, what do you um, do? Like After watching the Manchester City game, do, do, is there any hope that we're going to unlock this with an internal solution? I
2: hope so. I think it's either going to be a question of the kids or Mesut. But he said to Mesut, is not he, that he's not going to be... Considered until Jan. Oh, he's got between now and January to prove himself. <laughs> I don't see that happening. He's had three years to try. Um, you hope one of the kids is going to be the answer, or you know,
3: I don't. Know. I think we've I've, got enough. I, I think we've got enough quality. Yeah, I, at, I agree. In, in, in the front of the team, I just think we haven't quite found a way to. Um, to make Unlock the system it. work, you know, you know, we've got a he's brilliant. We've got Saka, he's brilliant. We've got Pepe, We're William. He, we've, uh, got Pepe, we, we've got Pepe. We've got, Pace, got Pepe Lord, and William. We've got, you know, we, we've got a lot. Then we've got Lacazette. I mean, these players, I know we'd like better, but they're not terrible. Like they're pretty, they're pretty good players, and. I know we're missing something, but it feels more like a system piece than a player piece in in my mind, and maybe that's wrong. But that, that's what it seems like to me, and it just seems like we're we're missing uh, this, the, an attacking spirit rather than an attacking player necessarily. Yeah, you the may way... anchor that round a player, though. I think I think I understand that, but
2: I think he's there's probably a situation where he had planned to have a creative player and he hasn't. Therefore it's gonna take us a few games to figure out how we get around that for however long that needs to be.
1: I mean like the 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 solutions that we've got, I mean we either we've either got hope that Party comes in as a six and frees Sabios to play further up the pitch. Or I think the the other creative solutions that we've got is uh, it's Saka. As a, as, as kind of a, you know, a, a more advanced eight, it's it, Emil Smith Rowe coming through as that ten that could play in the pocket. But it's a lot to ask of a kid. Or you've got to hope that that whatever they're seeing in training with Joe Willock, yeah, it's got to be expressed on the pitch, right? Because he shoots, he assists, um, like he runs at people. Like he has all of the core elements to be a player. I just haven't seen it yet, right?
2: I think the Joe Willink thing, I think you're being very, very fair. Yeah, to he's been. I think Smith Rose way too soon. I, I just don't see that happening.
1: The club really rates him, apparently. They think they, use... he's.
2: I'm not saying we shouldn't rate him. I just think it's probably a, a bit too much of an ask to carry a team through probably the busiest part of the season for two and a half
3: months. My my sense is that Saka is becoming the type of player, and we've seen them before, and the likes of Jet Wilshere and. You know, where you try and not play them every game, but every time they come on, they're the best player on the pitch and it becomes increasingly difficult for them not to play a more and more central role. Um, And I think that um, we're seeing him become a more and more central player. Um, I think he can be a lot of the answer to our creative output because he's, he's such a great... His statistics are so good. He's got so much end product. So I'm um, my my maybe it's my heart, but my head also says, how do we get him in the team in a way where he can create maximum impact? Because it feels like he could play anywhere on the pitch and score assist goals. He could play left back and do it. He could play left wing, and then and then there's one other piece of the jigsaw which has gone slightly missing, which is um, could Martinelli come back and make a massive impact in the second half of the season? And and, and 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 this is a bit of a crazy scenario idea that I should have seen somewhere, but could he be our centre forward? Obama going on the left, Saka is that and not ten, and then we're off to the races. Who
1: who is the centre forward, did you say? You but you buzzed out for a bit. Mart- just as yeah.
2: a, Mart- I'm you- assuming you meant Martinelli. Uh um Martinelli.
1: Martinelli. Now that that would excite, right? Wouldn't that excite? I mean, yeah. wasn't well, I mean, it, was, it was odd? It was like uh, one of the best decisions that Emery made was Martinelli through the middle, and it, he was like, "No, no, he's a, he, he plays on the left. He's this is he's not a centre forward. He looked like a monster in the middle, like brutal, like a, like a traditional sort of, you know, like Alan Shearer with his head. He was unbelievable.
2: I doesn't look like a uh... It looks like he's been playing there all his life, is not it? The, um, the Saka thing, Matt, I think is fascinating because it's one of those things that I've almost thought, should I say this out loud or should I not? Or are people going to think I'm mad? But I think you're right. I think the kid is so capable um, that we could move him to a, be a slightly more central player. We've got enough people to play on the wing, right? I think the issue with Saka is perhaps because we don't have, he doesn't have confidence in anyone else to play in that position at left back if Tierney gets injured and let's be realistic there's a good chance Tierney gets injured right
1: yeah Tierney's, um Tierney's got a bit of the DRBs about him with those injuries but and you know I, I, I wrote this a few months ago um, it, last season that Ar- Arsenal had been trying Saka as that 10 in training and apparently he was excellent I guess because he excels anyway doesn't he Um then I guess the question is that um, hey,
2: you don't you don't get all your A stars at GCSE for no
1: reason. Smart kids yeah, smart kid. The, the yeah, the most intelligent player at in Arsenal, and also uh, you know arguably our second best player. Sure now
2: I'm not entirely sure that's difficult, by the way. Nothing against <laughs> uh,
1: players, but. No, we don't know. There's no Tony Adams at the club anymore. Um, So uh, what what was...
2: uh, (laughs) Can I just say something about Tony Adams? My favourite thing about Tony Adams in the last week was it was his birthday uh, shortly before mine. And he posted on Instagram about it and he was with all his kids. And Caprice did post in the comments underneath, oh, happy birthday, babe. And I just remembered Tony Adams and Caprice. That was a real thing. Well, you remember, the, you remember the song?
1: I do remember the song. <laughs> but, those were the days. Um, so, so He's uh, yeah. got a
3: magic knob. <laughs> do
1: you want, fi- you want to finish the song? Do you want to finish it? song? Uh, you may as well. No. <laughs> don't just, don't just uh, people who think that was a statement. <laughs>
3: and, and when he saw Caprice, he, uh, I'll leave the rest. People can uh, people can post it uh, afterwards. I don't want
1: to look disgusting yeah you don't want that in your internet history so but back to back to the Saka thing i guess the i guess part of the question is uh, if you play Saka as a number 10 do you miss out on potential you know his goal potential because it, uh, he got he got quite a lot of assists last season he wasn't much of a goal scorer but you do feel the if uh, you know if he gets that finishing you know his pace his intelligent runs like he could be a a real handful and and could produce a lot
3: Number 10s can score. I mean, De Bruyne is, uh, instead of you say sort of yeah. number 10, it can, exactly. it can still score 10, 12 goals a season, right? That's fair. I think the thing with
2: Saka is um, it's a bit like when you're playing, playing that sort of double system and when you're defending versus when you're attacking, right? And, you know, you've had people drop back into the kind of get the four just to kind of then push it back in, push it back out. So three at the back. <laughs> Um, is whether you could do something slightly similar with him where he gets a bit more of a free reign. But also, I think he's intelligent enough to know where he needs to be as a 10. The only other question is, and and this really is a party question for me, um, is if you do play him in the middle, does he get sucked in playing too deep?
3: Uh, I mean, the 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 one thing that struck me when party came on was just how disciplined he was positionally. You know, he I, mean, I haven't seen seen a player at Arsenal hold a position the way he, he did. Uh, it was I had mesmerizing it, to watch.
2: He looks I the business, been, right? It does. A <laughs> party like a Thomas party. Um, my my I had this weird dream sort of before the game where I just thought, why not bring him on at half time and then compare it to where Patrick Vieira came on at half time for his debut for an injured Ray Parlour. And I don't I mean I'm not telling you this, but I'm telling you this. But if you Googled it on the internet, you may find that entire half of football available on some kind of video platform. And in fact, that entire game, and you should just watch the difference between the, the way Arsenal played in the first half game. It was against Sheffield Wednesday. It was Pat Rice's third yeah. game in charge. And he was It was just completely mind-blowing. But you're right, Matt. Positionally, he just looked...
1: I just want to see him get, get some action in, you know? Also, uh, what I, what, what I yeah. find fascinating about the Thomas party signing is uh, he's a, he can play as a six, um, which arguably you could say that we need, and that would look great next to the e- exceptional uh, Danny Saviles. Um he can, play, he can play as an eight, and uh, when, he's a, when he plays for Ghana, sometimes he plays as a ten, and Simeone used to put him up front when he was chasing games. Like so, we've got all of this versatility that he could unlock. So if you if they figure out that actually maybe Thomas Partey is a little bit more creative than we originally thought, like m- maybe that will help the flow of the team, the speed of our breaks. Um, maybe he could act as um you know to help the, the you know the connection between midfield and attack. Or maybe that's just a bit ambitious in the place. No,
3: I think, I think uh, Francis just, Ge- Kenijau, or I don't know how you say it, the scout said, um, we're going to see the handbrake come off with Thomas party. Uh, he said, to use Austin's famous quote, he said, um, you know, he's had the shackles on by Simeone and we think there's a lot more to come from him as an all-round player than has been seen at Atletico.
1: He also started as a right-back for Simeone. Yeah. So he's literally done. He's done it all. I, I, I think he's going to be a huge signing for us.
2: What is it? I mean, we've got a bit of a history here, haven't we? That you've got West African footballers who rock up and you think they're one position, but can seem to play. I'm like, a a great example of that. Lauren, 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 Lauren is the other one of that. He that? arrived as a, he arrived as a central yeah. midfielder, hundred percent, and then. Uh to some extent as well. I mean, Arsene thought he was like Gorincha. Not quite, but never mind. Um and if anyone doesn't know who Gorincha is, Google it and just find out. Um but yeah, I I look, here's the thing. If he can answer a load of, of, of solve a load of problems, that's fine, but there's only one problem you can solve at a time. I think it would be great to get him fitted in at the base of that midfield, which is what we've bought him for and not get any distractions from that. Because I think we're really good at getting distracted around things like that. When you had, you know, you had Terrera playing creatively and moving further forward for some stupid reason. I mean, that was all Emery, I get it. But let I mean
3: get, Yeah, I mean... Don't want to get too excited by the shiny new thing, you know? I think Arteta's doing, doing a brilliant job of eliminating... You know, he, he had so many problems and he's tackling them one by one. I mean... Really now, the only two real problems, I mean, I'm ignoring Ozil because he'll be gone in 12 months. I mean, he'll be gone. It's not even a problem, really. The two problems we've got, only two problems we've got, uh, Saliba doesn't seem like maybe he's the pair that we thought we were getting. Um, And then the other problem is Pepe, which is um, we've got to play him to try and get him into form, but is he good enough to keep playing? and we're stuck in this sort of vicious vicious cycle with him and you know he's clearly capable but is he capable of delivering what we need on a consistent basis <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think then the Saliba thing. I don't think is is from what I understand. It's not a talent thing. It's uh, he's just not particularly robust, which is surprising how big he is um, yeah. and how imposing he looked in um, in the league uh, in the French league last season. And also even more surprising because Fafana's come back to c- come from San Etienne. He's he's centre back partner and he started for Leicester against Villa um, at the weekend. So, but I I think that um, well, I, I, do we I, not think I, it's I, just
2: uh, he was. <laughs> he was injured he didn't get that many games in we've actually found ourselves with 16 spare centre-halves that are all shit um, and we may have to play one of them instead and we may as well get him out for a run I don't think there's anything as as nefarious as a lot of people might suggest for Saliba I just think it's one of those things
1: I, uh, from from what I understand it's that he's not he's not robust um enough for the premier league at the moment and um, like physically up, like get, yeah yeah get bulk up, bulk up. be strong yeah i don't think oh. he's quite i don't think he's quite ready now you know it, it showed last season lots of niggly injuries all through the year um which begs the question considering we
2: didn't let him play in the french cup final and he's been with us for the best part of four months why the fuck isn't he
3: yeah that's a good point
1: yeah, I, I thought that they were going to loan him out to a, a team like Brentford for the season or, you know, even for half a season. I don't, I really don't understand what benefit Saliba is going to get staying with us. and Because even the Europa League, like how much are you going to develop in the Europa League? Um, we've got, you know, we're playing I bet he starts. I bet he Mulder. starts against Dundalk. <laughs> What? Well, yeah, I know. I, I I think you or I could start against Dundalk, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that he gets some match action because he looks fucking great. But um, you know, I don't think he's quite ready for our centre of defence at the moment.
3: Gabrielle
1: on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, like, guys, let's talk about our defence because... Well, what,
3: do you, what, what do you think about
1: Pepe, though, Pete? Oh, yeah, sorry. Just, yeah, on Pepe, I think that uh, if you had given Mikel Arteta 72 million last summer, he wouldn't have gone anywhere near um, Pepe. I think that there are um, question marks over his body language, um, on the pitch, um, his application, his desire to uh, press. And I also think that we, you know, probably got, we're starting to get to the point now where you've got a question... Like, is the talent there on a consistent enough basis? Like, he looks more interested in going down um, than he does, like, running at people. Like, you see, you see the brilliance in flashes, but I don't know, it, it, it feels like a sort of a mid-table sort of West Ham type player at the yeah. moment. Yeah. For me, he,
2: yeah. he's, he's definitely lacking <laughs> like a you, it and it I, t- you and I talked about this, that that goal he got the other week was just shit class. I mean, he's got it. So for me, it's in his head. And you can see it at the moment where he's cutting in way too early rather than going around the outside and beating players, which he's perfectly capable of doing. I think he's being bullied a bit. I think that's what it is in the Premier League. He needs to, he's probably another one that just needs to go and spend some time in the gym fight a few people and then uh, get back he, he, out He's on Lanzini, isn't he? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, then You can accommodate one or two of these players, but not that many. Yeah uh, it's we just need um some of the some of it, it's a bit more direct don't we some on the um I don't know I, I he doesn't he doesn't look like he cares that's the that's the or, or he does sometimes like I, think
3: I, he, I I don't think that's the problem that's not the problem for me the problem for me is I feel like he's had the half a season like Robert Perez you know where um you know, the the, the acclimatisation and then he's had, you know, a bit of a pick-up and had the performance at the end of the season in the FA Cup final. Well, I thought it was outstanding. And now what we need to see him do is score every other day. And that yeah. like, kick on and, and cement that position. Uh, and to be he, fair, he hasn't been given that much
1: opportunity, but... Do you think Curry. that our, Do you think? Do you agree with um, some Curry of the sentiment? Do you, do you think the? Do you agree with some of the sentiment that says that our system is very biased to the to the left, and that actually he's not really given that much support because we, you know, we we go for those overloads. I think
3: the radical
2: left is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get Antifa! No, I think. But it's the players you've got, right? I mean, if you've got Tierney and you've got, I suppose you can make the we got Bellerin, who's arguably one of the best right backs in the world. So I think you're probably right. I don't. I think we are, but I think
1: <laughs> I don't. Know. We do. We do love. We do love the left. We do love going down the left.
2: We always have, though. We always have. Yeah. Like if you think about Mark Overmars, Glenn Helder saw some great goals of his on. The Whereas, I mean, like we've always naturally gravitated that way, I suppose. So, I mean, the club, um, is in, the, the club is in Jeremy Corbyn's constituency. Let's just be clear about that. I think
1: Keir Starmer's an Arsenal supporter as well. It's uh, so always... rule Labour, rule Labour Party. So, um, do we think that Gabriel? Is the best centre back that we've signed since Saul Campbell.
3: I, can't, I don't think. I think Lee Dixon had it right in the commentary where you know he said it. It's, it looks very promising, but it, we're going we're gonna, it's gonna take us five six months to be able to answer that properly. And I think we just have to remember how many games was it that Mustafi went unbeaten as an Arsenal player after he, he arrived and we thought he was the best player we'd signed since Sol Campbell right up until Christmas that year so uh, you know I think too early to tell but the signs are promising
1: for me Ash what do you think uh, is is he better than Virgil van Dijk I think that's a tall order I think <laughs>
3: he's I think- better than Virgil van Dijk right now
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Um,
2: okay. uh, I think he's got everything that we want but look we can go around and talk about this in circles can't we because we can always say that oh my god well centre-halves don't really mature till they're older he's going to have a difficult second or third season that's the way it goes <laughs> you look at Holding arrived at 21 looked like a world beater you know it's taking him time I don't know I mean look
3: Stepanov's look good
2: Stepanov's look great mate um, did
3: Seagun.
2: Seagun. <laughs> we... have, have I ever told you my favourite Pascal Seagan moment? I was Hi. at I was at Highbury. I think we we were beating Everton. We beat Everton seven one, and it was in the run up to uh, Thierry getting close to Wrighty's record. And um, I think obviously he'd scored a hatful, and Seagan scored. Uh, Late on with his, his scored his second, I think. Late on with a header, and the announcer at Highbury turned around and said, "Pascal Seagren, second goal tonight for the Arsenal. Just 176 goals to go until he can break the club record." And that was it. I just think that <laughs> summed him up.
1: <laughs> Is it kind of a cult figure? My brother always gets Seagan written on the back of his Arsenal shirts.
2: Well, funnily enough, we bought him from the same place we bought Saliba from. So, <laughs> go, go figure. There you go. Fuck, we just ruined this? Oh god.
1: So, but moving on to uh, more difficult subjects, let's let's tackle the mesa uh problem head on. There's a uh, there's a petition going around from the Herzlologists, and they've got eight thousand signatures, and they are demanding that he be in, uh, reinstated into not reinstated, maybe just instated into the Premier League squad. Uh what what do we what do we think here guys? Is there, is is Arteta going to relent or do you think the uh do you think the Gunnosaurus payoff was the was the oh. straw that broke the Tyrannosaurus back?
3: It's over, right? It's just done. I mean, just chip <laughs> it's, it's
2: a shame it's ended this way. I think he's a class player. But he's a luxury item in the model world, isn't he? I mean, that's the problem. I think uh, Arsene's obviously been doing his book tour and uh, campaigning for him, which I think is fair. But um, he is, he is com- completely and utterly a luxury player in, this, in the system that we play and in the
3: systems that are played more broadly in the Premier League. Um so... I think Arteta would have I think if his attitude had been right Arteta would have found a role for him even if it was a, a super sub yeah you know um, but I don't think his attitude was right and I think um, you know the thing about Arteta is basically he's basically doing what George Gray did when he came in and always, is his Charlie Nicholas you know <laughs> it's a great it's a great analogy it's a fantastic analogy. and 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 he, and if someone was going to be the full guy because there's no point in talking about non-negotiables. It, it loses its power if someone doesn't break one of them. Because you have to see someone. You have to see someone get a hard line taken against them, otherwise you don't know if the guy is bullshitting you. And I think you know, Arteta is is a master. Two people have had himself. it. And it's Quindan and yeah. Ozil. And you know, they're both symptomatic of it just, you know, he wants it. And is asymptomatic,
1: apparently. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Got that, that was in there. Good. Got that, that in was there. That was very good. That was very good. So, I, I, I completely agree. I think that if I, I don't understand this weird mindset where people like that, it's almost a little bit insidious where people are starting to um, push this narrative that actually maybe it's down to a uh, different something else other than football. Like a, a load of people took one of the, um, a load of people took the quote from uh, Per Mertesacker from a podcast uh, where he basically said, you know, Ozil looks happy in training. He said he, he just recently got married and maybe, maybe that's changed his focus. So Mertesacker basically said he's not focused and everybody's sort of carrying this. No, Mertesacker said that it's non-footballing reasons. And, I think the reality is if you're Arteta right now and your target is top four and Mesut Ozil is doing everything you want from him in training he's got the exact amount of talent to be able to thrive in that system right if he did if he did his job there's no reason to not play him right you might as well just play you're paying him anyway
2: well there's that but his his I've been reading a shit ton of sports books recently I had a shipment from the UK and I think this is the case and you watch it and you watch it on every documentary, you watch it on The Last Dance or whatever else you want to watch. The best players are usually the ones that train even harder than the others. Actually, they're the ones doing afters and all this kind of stuff. And if they're questioning his attitude and training, then the thing must just be over. I mean, it's it's hard to, hard to think that it's not that. I mean, if he was there... Putting a shift in every Monday, Tuesday, whatever days he has to do, um, then I think they'd probably give him that crack. But it's it's obvious that
3: he's not. I mean, you look at Ronaldo. Do you think he, he, I mean, uh, he, uh, you know, in lockdown, he's doing, he, I mean, he can't stop training, practicing, you know, after everything he's done.
2: Uh, and all <laughs> I saw Bez Erzel do in lockdown was do some laps around his garden in Highgate, which you know in highgate in limited space oh. they're not huge gardens and he wasn't exactly sprinting
1: look at it look at ibrahimovic Thirty-nine years old, and he's got um, AC Milan top of Serie A. It's phenomenal. Like you know, it's, it is possible. He's, Ivan, G- yeah? Ivan Gazidis, he's
3: done it
1: again. Ivan Gazidis learned all these, like did all these fuck ups on Arsenal, and now uh, now he's taking <laughs> Milan back to the very top. But the um, the the Mes- the Meza Erzl thing is crazy because he's only thirty-two years old. Uh, I, I think that if he if he focused. He could be super effective for us. I mean, I think that I, I also think the, the bigger picture that everyone seems to miss is everyone you like front ends his statistics and they use them to prove a point. He's been largely ineffective for Arsenal over the last two years. I think he's made something like 42 appearances, but he's he's five assists, off. two goals. I mean, it's not like it's that is not years. the output
2: he was significantly injured in Arsene's last season as well wasn't he so that's probably accurate from a per game basis on his stats but I think if you look at the season it's probably even worse
1: yeah I mean he's, he's, he's really fit um, Arsenal was letting him have tough away games off which is not uh, a good sign and you know I think the club is sick you know I don't think he applies himself to the to the homework I don't think he applies himself uh, in, in training I don't think anybody thinks that he's particularly focused and then you get all the, the little petulant uh, interviews that he does or like the Gunnosaurus thing just so unnecessary um, and it's a real shame also, like it, it just detracted from the actual truth of that
2: story no one took Gunnosaurus out the back of the club and shot the fucker in the Head, right? Let's be very clear. This is someone whose job was a nine to five job at the club, and at weekends he decided to get into an outfit. Now I know we can all talk about people that do that, but that's fine. He was Gannosaurus, and that's fine. There's there's still going to be a, a mascot. You don't have to have the same person inside the suit for 30 years. It's sad the guy's lost his job, but the club has to move on. We've had the same structure for 20 years. And the rest of the world
1: hasn't. Club Club did make a. I mean, it it was a real, real bad fuck up, wasn't it? It's like you do do all of your do all of your dirty business in one go, like the drip, drip, drip of bad news. And it's just like, did, was it was it worth? I don't know what you. I don't know what the guy earned, like forty grand a year. Was it was it worth that much bad press?
2: We we probably spent twenty grand on PRing it to be completely Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, 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 uh, no we didn't we spent 45 million on PR we had to buy Thomas Party to cover up the mess of that story <laughs> it was uh, honestly
2: well, it was if, that, if that's the tactic
1: then I can I can
2: let's say let's go out some fucking really bad stories yeah and get them to buy a few more
1: yeah only, I agree
3: only oh, at yeah, an Arsenal
1: only yeah only
3: you know you can just can you imagine the call from PR people to Urzel? You know, going, look, we've got an idea. <laughs> Do you want to sub Gumsaurus's? Oh, Jesus Christ. And the fact that he went along with it and actually thought that it was a good idea is, is the sign of a guy who does not give a fuck. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I completely I, agree. You both know I'm the biggest Ursula
2: apologist because I just, I just want that talent. I just see that talent. I just think when you watch it, I, I was, you know, we signed him, and I just thought, oh my God, we have got a Dennis Burkham again, and we did for a bit. Uh, even I'm, uh, it's just disappointing to see. Actually, have some dignity, like take. Take 20% less money and fuck off and final a club and prove me wrong. Like yeah. seriously. Yeah, go to AC go 100%. Like 100%. Imagine, well, you know, imagine he how well he do. He wouldn't have be been bullied off the
1: ball, Nicol. Well, you, you are uh, you're a long time retired as well. It's not like uh, it's not like you, you could you can play at the, the top level of football forever and uh, it you know it feels like he's just wasting was away the played? final years. He's, he's played 50, what?
2: Twelve games in, out of fifty or sixty, if that.
3: So you is, know one other. You know someone else is doing well though, other than Gazidis. Uh Unai Emery. Is he really?
1: <laughs> is he really?
3: Wait a, 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 a second.
1: Oh, uh, but. But Unai Emery uh, is good in his in his own country, working working with players that like need him, right? <laughs> maybe maybe he's got source in uh, in Spain. It just
3: made me laugh that Emery and Gazidis are, are coming up trumps now.
2: There's actually a really interesting profile of Munchie uh, in the Times today, uh, or Monday, yesterday. Even. Where's he I now? It's severe. He's gone back. Remember, yeah. He went back. He went back. He detoured our offer down and went back. Um, I, Emery is not going to win the fucking league anywhere else in the world, and he only won
1: it in Paris because it was Paris. And he lost it the first year. The 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 only person to work under the um the the shakes there uh, for a full season and not win the league. Unai Emery. God, God bless but you, Raul Sinelli.
2: To be fair...
1: Let's not be uh, fair to Unai Emery. He's a bum.
2: No, I know. But I do follow me French football, uh, having lived there a few times. And that Monaco team, I mean, that was the, the Russian that put in all that money. They had Mbappe and everybody. It was quite, It was going to be quite hard
1: to beat those guys. Yeah. I, uh, we, we, we we can't be apologising for Unai Emery. He couldn't... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. It makes me... Oh, no, no,
2: no. Unai, Unai Emery should be writing apologies to us.
1: Yeah, so should Raul Signeli as well for the uh, atrocities that he committed in the transfer window last year. £100 million spent on talent and... Two of the players aren't ready. It's 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 unbelievable. So, guys, heading into um, heading into the next couple of games, we've got uh, we're going to Leicester uh, at home, United Dund- away, isn't it? Nelly? We've got Austria. We're in. Got- we're in Austria. Rapid. But we've got Dun and Dundorg, haven't we? Yeah, Dundalk coming up. What do we think of the weekend? <laughs> what's the what's the Leicester score going to be? We're going to beat them. We've got to beat them.
2: Got to two nil, three
3: nil would be nice. It's going to be that a tough game. With? It's, going, it's going, going to be a, be a tough, tough game. Just want to skip because Vardy loves scoring against us, and we, you know, we, we're not good against that style of attacking play. I mean, hopefully, we will be better now because we've got a defensive manager. But um, no, we've got. It's, I think it'll be two-one two, if we win. It's going to be very, very close. But we've got to find a way. But did we um, by the way were you surprised that he started holding
2: wanted to start holding obviously on yeah. the weekend but couldn't I'm I was I am shocked but actually it's the right decision for me uh, to start holding ahead of Luis I thought it was obviously he couldn't do it because of what happened But
3: I mean I'm really surprised because holding was just so bad on the ball um, it always looks like he's going to have to give it away but um, that's just my personal take
1: yeah, interesting that he uh, seems to really like him now. But I also think that you know, I wouldn't have re-signed David Luis anyway. I think he's a, I think he's a bit of a joke. Oh, he like, almost looked like looked like he was sulking when he came I, onto the I, pitch a little bit as well, didn't he? Hey,
2: you and I have talked about this. If we were that desperate to have him around the squad, give him a coaching position.
1: Yeah, that that would be the only way that <laughs> I would keep. Completely him honest, in.
2: like totally right. Yeah, You're on a forty grand a year, and at the weekends you can be Giganosaurus
1: yeah he's got I think he's got a weak (laughs) mentality
3: but uh, well I actually was watching the City game and going bloody hell it's not easy to think you're not playing and then be drafted in at the last minute and put in a performance like he did
2: that's got to be super I've, I've the only team sport I've ever really played um I was going to say well, but I think that's probably a point of conjecture amongst many of my <laughs> friends uh, in my adult life is uh, is rugby. And I've had to do that because I played in the front row and that last, you're just in a different head, completely in a different headspace. There's a professional, I'm sure less so, but you know, you, you kind of, you're probably thinking about going on and being an impact player or coming on for an injury, but not sort of 10 minutes before the game starts that
3: Ray Parler at Anfield when he had a couple of pints (laughs) hey we love Ray I'd have him back on the side (laughs) any day of the week had a couple of pints because he he thought he was uh, he wasn't starting (laughs) he also had a very good game didn't he yeah I don't make them like that anymore
1: they do not right guys alright so uh, we're, we're bullish we're bullish for the Leicester game at the weekend uh, thank you for both joining the podcast today it's been a fun one um, let's uh, let's regroup after Leicester um, to celebrate Bre- beating the mighty Brendan Rogers. sounds good Pete awesome thank you for listening everybody uh, we will be back next week with another new podcast Ciao.
2: Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs.
0: Try them now at bombas.com comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy